somewhere beneath all the various uh, misfortunes and snags and feelings and so forth that we find afflictive, uh, disconcerting and so on. The two primary factors to be uh, acknowledged is ignorance and craving. Uh, This is the source of dukkha. And generally it's understood that craving is the immediate uh, action, movement of impulse. Uh, A hunger, not a decision, a reflex, not a decision at all. Uh, A reflex to search for something. And why that's there is because of the preliminary factor is something is absent. That sense of absence is called ignorance. It doesn't mean we're stupid. It means something has not been accessed or has been lost or hasn't been touched into or hasn't been revealed. It's been obscured. Mm. Because this obscuration or lack of access, the citta is unsettled. It's searching for something to you know, give it stability, security, comfort, mm. searching for something. And uh, the veil of ignorance and, uh, and the searching for um, has to mean that the searching for is always going to go out into the realm of that which can be uh, searched for. <laughs> Perhaps to find some object. And once we move into the world of objects, sights, sounds, touches, thoughts, subtle phenomena and so forth, some object, then this continuing process of uh, like a split between the heart and something it searches for continues because objects themselves are not a topic of the citta. Jitta doesn't experience objects, experiences movements, energies, uh, qualities, constrictions, shapes. It's shaped. And it searches for something to change its shape from a fractured or fragmented or distorted or constricted or flattened experience into something more whole and complete. Yeah. Rest looking, but the movement is towards consciousness. Something we can see, something we can think, something we can, some object. And so this is the movement that goes out. And as it goes further out, of course, the objects of consciousness are many. Many sights, many sounds, many thoughts, many mixtures of them. So this process of going out can continue for considerable time and a considerable amount of energy going into it uh, yeah. and this is always taking uh, uh, chitta out from its home base because actually what it needs to find is not an object it needs to find itself
this is the the ignorance is not really knowing that uh, cognizing or knowing even where that could be could be access uh, it's obscured chitta's nature is obscured because this stirring up of the process of hungry searching means that the chitta is masked in these disturbing energies disturbing drive, disturbing um, emotions, disturbing impulses so we'd actually see realize mm. and it's so uh, mm, however much we you know, may get the idea we don't really get the realization and so <laughs> some degree of settling those, those energies has to occur to get a, some sense of the chitta could be unmasked or at least we understand that this is the masking this is the tides that flow over it and there could be a, a recognition of what do they flow over yeah. this we call awareness yeah there's awareness that these are tides that flow over yeah So it's kind of uh, even to acknowledge that. But further than that, there has to be some kind of settling to get the realization of citta. So this is where the process of uh, the Eightfold Path, Sati, Samadhi, Samadhi is that which collects, gathers, begins to work on these energies directly. And so the energy is going to be settled. Now, awareness is a pretty much uh, one of those um, words and Oh, you know, uh, it seems to be very primary experience. One is aware, there's awareness. Uh, that's always some kind of degree of awareness. And we would say fundamentally awareness has to be the antidote to unawareness. So, but then what, what's the point of the rest of it? What's the point of samadhi if we don't, you know? Because... Uh, the issue is that awareness, although it's uh, is the uh, uh, this glimmering of light, of understanding that we can get some perspective on our experience, it actually isn't adequate unless it's been for transforming the energies that obscure the citta that keep driving it out, and what is needed is something where awareness becomes presence so awareness is much more than just a a vision it's actually something that's got a a, a stability to it a presence to it Mm. and this is where the whole process of embodiment is clearly this is what the Buddha was uh, practicing in his meditations 
and encouraging. Mm-hmm. And we always have Buddhist meditation always, always based upon you know, the four uh, postures, mindfulness of body. The Buddha says you don't get a realization of the deathless without mindfulness of body. Pretty says this repeatedly. So, what does body provide? Well, body provides presence. Body provides many things, of course. Painful feelings, um, disease, age, sickness, death, provides these. And yet within all that, all that um, physicality, there's also an energetic quality called presence, core presence. And so when that uh, presence is established in awareness, one is aware of presence, then the presence and the awareness become strong, stable quality that actually tethers energy. And the Buddha likened this to having a stake driven into the ground to which the senses, including the mind, are tethered so they can't run out. He's likened it to six animals. And they tether these animals to this stake and they just can't run out. If they recognize that, they begin to settle down. And by and large, the the animal that's the strongest for us is the mind. Thinking, measuring, calculating, impressing, comparing mind is the strongest animal (laughs) that runs out. Yeah. It carries chitta with it, pulls it out. So this stake, mindfulness of body, tethering it, and what begins to occur is that there's a transformation, because when energy is not allowed to run out, and one's tuning in with awareness to that process, the whole base of awareness is core presence so it begins the energy begins to return to that core presence and although the image is one of a stake which seems a very heavy material thing um, core presence is not heavy at all it's extremely light but unmoving and this is something you'll recognize if you uh, give your attention to the process of in and out breathing, which starts off relatively, first of all it can be quite obscured because of the pullings, tuggings of the, of the mind, and the energetic debris that we inherit because of our lifestyle so often does pressurise us to go out and conceptually go out. The mind goes out a lot expected to to predict, calculate, to imagine, to plan, to remember, to organize. It goes out a lot. And the results of that is you get this energetic debris, means this stimulation, agitation, and that energy is running around like uh, unconnected to anything. It's only, it's only about spin, it's not connected to anything. Yeah. And so in this situation when you begin to you know, restrain by the fact of the situation itself, 
to encourage one not to plan, not to think, not to measure, but just to have simple routines that we can follow. And the encouragement to just kind of begin to settle into that. The energy, this energetic debris that becomes apparent, one feels slumping, you know, dull, sleepy, agitated, restless, and so forth. And this is just, we call it the debris. You know, from you've disconnected the mental energy from particular topics, now it's just spinning around in free fall. So you fundamental action as you recognize is to keep returning your mental attention to breathing in, breathing out. This isn't really so much a topic of trying to concentrate on the breath as an object so much as using the breathing to link one's mind, one's mental energy to body energy. So it's not as if we're focusing on a particular point to get concentrated, so much as, as using the rhythm of the breathing as an energy that you keep returning to in order to tether the mental energy to something rhythmic, steady, soothing and embodied. You're not trying to see anything, you're just trying to feel something. Be with something like, you, like using your mind like a hand, it is holding to that rhythm, that process. And this begins to, you know, bring those energy energy forms together. Form of the thinking mind that has an energy to it. And the breathe and the body brings them together. Now it can be so you know, it's and naturally the, the atmosphere in which that occurs is also part of the energetic experience. So the quality of heart, motivation, intentionality, application, these are all heart energies, has to also be something that is part of the blend, the blending rather. So it's not antagonistic, it's not aggressive, it's not goal-oriented, it's, yeah, it's just quietly caring for the process, bringing these two together. This helps to change our intention. Intention's a heart quality, motivation, and by and large in the outward going form that uh, we, we are programmed into, the intention is, is arrow-like. It's directed towards particular this, that thing to do, thing to correct, thing to get tidy, thing to sort out, thing to plan, thing to put in a pigeonhole, so forth. Deal with something, you aim for it. So your intention is like an arrow, aims for a particular thing, puts it somewhere, okay, cross it off your to-do list. You get this, so these, get these target points, even called targets, because the mind is like an arrow. The heart is aimed like an arrow, intentions like that. Uh, and this quality of intention can still be operating when we meditate. So we keep putting the arrow of intention onto directing the mind towards the breathing. Actually, what's more useful uh, is 
shifting your attention from the arrow to the circle. So it's like your intention is just to gather things together. It's a different shifting the arrow of intention into the circle of inclusion. I'm including, gathering, including. This is the harmonizing effect of the heart. Mm-hmm. And so this is definitely supported if you keep your, your attention rather whole body, whole process through which breathing is moving. Whole body through which breathing is moving. So you get a sense of you're not really going anywhere, you're staying still, breathing is moving through, and you're inviting your thinking mind into that. So this way you bring the energies together. Now that's if that's as that becomes more accomplished, and there could be some precision in it to maintain that sphere, that sphere of awareness over the entire process from, of the different tied energy forms of the arising form, the opening, which we call the pause, and then the the uh, exhalation where the energy discharges into another open state. So all that, the whole process is really like one unending process that goes on till you die. So it's not like one breath, two breath, three breath, because if you think like that, you end up missing the pauses, as if the pauses don't count. What's important is the movement. No, the movement is important, also the stillness is important. The stillness is part of it. The stillness is the empty place at the end of the inhalation, the end of the exhalation. So if we get the wholeness of that process, what occurs is that the breathing becomes more quieter, refined and steady, and it becomes subtler. And although the sensations get less, the energy gets brighter and steadier and stronger, even though the yeah, it's less it's it's quieter, it's not a heavy presence, it's a light, delicate, balanced quality. And you begin to notice that the reflexes of uh, you know, wanting more, wanting less, distraction, have a clumsy, heavy energy to them. And you incline towards something that's finer, steadier, more complete. More complete, because it is the basis of your life, of your life force. It's, it's, it's there. Even though it's shifting and changing, it is a constant track. 
And the constancy is one of the signs, even though that we the chitta picks up. This is a steady thing. We receive it. The heart gets interested in it, attracted to it, encouraged by it. It begins to shed the outgoing impulses and tendencies on the sinking, hardening, and there's a refinement of presence. And awareness is there all the time with that. But when awareness participates in this process, you've got something that has the power to transform habits, not just notice them, but transform them. Now clearly, to just be able to witness what's going on is very supportive. Um, With time, one gets a sense of dispassion. That's extremely significant, because when there's dispassion, there's less emotional turbulence getting put into the mix. So certainly witnessing is part of it. Uh, It generates this sense of dispassion. But transformation, real transformation, to go through the process of samadhi. Mm -hmm. The energetic patterns of absence, not enough got to make more, have to hold on. These are reflex patterns, have to hold on, have to get something, have to push something away, something's not right yet. Those patterns with their voices can be transformed into a sense of fullness, full presence. This is the theme why we encourage to cultivate body energy in this way. beauty of it is that it's not just something that you can only do with mindfulness of breathing. Mindfulness of breathing is, we would say, the, the core, or the most primary, reliable uh, and discernible uh, meditation. But actually, once you begin to ascent, get the sense of what presence is about, then it's something that you carry with you when you're walking, standing, reclining, and it involves uh, removing the disconnections whereby one moves into uh, proliferation. And so whenever there's loss of presence, there's a kind of fragmentation into should be, could be, what about if, and so forth. Everything gets fragmented. And then the arising of a self is going to dissolve all the fragments. It's another fragmentation. So as we're cultivating here, most of us are not going to be doing one meditation all day long, but we will be embodied all day long. That's possible. When you're embodied, thoroughly embodied all day long, that, that composure, that collectedness becomes your main theme. When you move, your mind moves with you. When you do something, your heart's in it. 
If your heart's not in it, you wait till your heart gets in it. <laughs> or you incline your heart into it so that you keeping the heart, the mind and the body together as a practice through the day. This helps because then when, when it's that, there's a sense of wherever you are, it's full. When it's full, there's no need for the arrows to, to run out to make something full. There's nothing to search for because the fullness is here. And this shifting of that intention from the arrow to the circle gives rise to contentment and harmony in the heart. So let's continue our practice this evening. We can, uh, if you'd like to make yourself comfortable, we can sit together for the next uh, uh, 45 minutes or so, and then we'll close the group session.